Oh, another great song. This is not the other one I heard coming in today. Such a great song. She's a rich girl. She don't try to hide. I mean, it had like political connotations to it, too, because these guys were from um, South Africa, and it was like Paul Simon had gone during apartheid, and what a just what a story behind the song. But anyway, 412-928-9370. That's 412-928-9370. All right, to bring you up to speed, I'll be here till 1030. Tomorrow, Zeiss and I will be at the casino. I believe the PM team will probably be there too. But I know Zeiss and I will be from 5 until right about kickoff, so from like 5 until 8. And then Friday, I'll be back in here doing the full four-hour show, 6 until 1030. And then I'll hop over and do the nightly sports call right after that. But we were talking about George Pickens Kevin's in Butler. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Colin. Um, yeah, I couldn't disagree with the last caller more. Um, I, I think George Pickens is has something that our coaching staff does not know how to use, and that's called talent. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just, I, I totally disagree. I think Deontay Johnson um, just this season has found his hands because he couldn't catch a cold last season. Um, and, and from what I've seen. Kenny Pickett, on 90% of the offensive plays I've seen, has thrown the ball behind the receivers every single pass play that I've seen this year. So I, I don't you know what I'm, You know what I'm sensing in town, Kevin? And, and we don't need to rush through this conversation. I like working at night, and you can just kind of hash it out a little bit. But one thing that I'm sensing here, Kevin, is this. People, like, like that last caller, that, that last caller, for example, he's so ready and wants to in a way. Blame George Pickens for being a terrible route runner. George Pickens isn't this. He isn't that. And George Pickens isn't a great route runner. But the guy will take it to the nth degree and hammer George Pickens because of this fear of an inability of wanting to blame Kenny Pickett for anything in this town. Which I agree with you. I do. And and I get it. Kenny's a pit guy. He's now a stealer. He's a hometown hero, so to speak. But I, I have not been impressed with the passes that I've seen him throw. He has thrown behind every receiver. And just last week, for instance, that touchdown pass to, well, should have been a touchdown pass to Deontay Johnson. He threw it behind him. Deontay slipped and fell in the end zone. I said this, and, right. I, and I hold myself to it. Now, I guess it's like 6A now, but I'll go by when I was growing up. Any good quad A quarterback in the WPIL makes that throw. Seriously. I agree. Seriously. I totally agree, and I can't say that my high school quarterback many moons ago could have made that throw himself, but it's just it's it's insane to me, and I understand he has pressure in his face because our offensive, our offensive line is not, you know, even half as good as the rest of the league. Um, we, we need Mike Munchak back in a, in a really bad way. Right, and a play caller. But this, is, this has been the most telegraphed, easy thing to read, and I handicapped this um, months ago. I did. I said some point, or probably before the midpoint of the year, George Pickens is going to have a blow-up moment because he knows he's a dog. He knows how good he is. And he knows he's going to be misused and not used enough in the offense. And I swear we're getting there. Just as I made the prediction this, and man, this I can't believe this actually might happen. 
that Chris Stratton's going to get in this baseball game and Austin Hedges is going to catch the last out of the World Series and those two are going to embrace and it's going to be the long-lasting photo and they're two ex-pirates and the Texas Rangers are going to win with those two guys. Palmer in Pittsburgh. Hi, Palmer. Hey, Colin. How's it going? Um, I cannot disagree more with that first caller about George Pickens. Um, We've seen what he's done in space. He's had a 77-yard touchdown against Cleveland and he jumped over two defenders in space on Sunday. So he doesn't need to be a great route runner. Like you say, get him the football and good things will happen. Uh, as far as Kenny goes... Well, can, let's stop there for a minute and then I'll let you continue and expound. I thought the Steelers did a good job with one guy that they needed to figure out a workaround with. And you know who it was? It was the last year of Juju. They essentially made him a glorified tight end because they figured out the best way to use him. And I thought it was a plus for the offense They told Juju, you're going to play in the slot, we're going to get you the ball, and he was a lot tougher than people imagined, and they got him the ball around the scrimmage line and just told him to fight, you know? And that was, I thought that was the best use of Juju in that time and for that team. No, I couldn't agree more, and it goes back to your point. That's when they had coaches that could evaluate talent. It seems like the talent that they they have, they can't see, and it's just... It seems like people are so quick in this town to always talk about what George Pickens isn't in terms of a route runner and things like that. Let's talk about what he is. He's a freak athlete, and he needs the ball more. If he was in Miami, he would be getting the football more times, but more quality times, too, with green grass in front of him. Couldn't agree with you more. He would be schemed open on 80% of his routes if he was in Miami. I think he'd be schemed open if he had a half-decent play caller. I'm, but it seems like people – or it seems like Matt Canada doesn't have the wherewithal to do anything other than tell him to go run a go route. I'm with you. And, and again, at some point, you know, and, and look, I'm, I'm the first to admit it, he's not a great route runner. But at some point, you kind of have to, not all the way, but maybe even halfway, just punt on that. Just punt on that and figure out a workaround, right? And say, all right, this is what we got to live with. This guy's never going to be Antonio Brown. He's never going to come out of his breaks with his hips where they need to be. He's never going to break it off real, real crisp. And he's never going to find himself open because he puts his foot in the ground and really twists it. That's never going to happen with him. But you know what we could do? We could pre-snap motion him. We could get a different matchup on him. We could go and we could sit him down, offset him the tight end, get him inside a little bit and get him moving diagonal and hope he doesn't get ear-holed by that outside linebacker, but get him the football right there and run like hell and see if there's some green grass we could create. Mike's in the car. Hi, Mike. Hey, Colin. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you. Good. Hey, listen, I, I just uh, – first of all, I'm going to say I believe I, – I like Kenny Pickett a lot, okay? But my problem with everybody – and I'm the first one to gripe when he makes a mistake, when uh, when when things aren't going right. So I'm not everything's not his fault. I'm not, you know, it's it, it's Pickens, it's Canada. I'm not like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. What bothers me about everybody, and I've listened to you the last three nights. Okay. All you guys do is talk about that one pass he missed in the end zone. Um, to Johnson. No, they, and, he underthrew George Pickens very early in the yeah, game, yeah. too, up the rail. Okay. okay, but that's what I'm saying. You guys pick out everything he does. How about the pass against Baltimore to win the game? How about the pass to Austin? You guys act like he doesn't do anything right. It's not like he's playing great, 
but he's not destroying he's the major. He's got 12 touchdowns to 13 interceptions in his career. What do you want? Okay, let, let, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. No, I, 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 do, I mean, do you have a response to that? He has 12 touchdowns yeah, to yeah, 13 interceptions. Okay, here's the thing. He's 11-5 and five in the last 16 games. Terry Bradshaw ended his career with two touchdowns more than interceptions. He's, he's starting out. He's won. He's in the league 18 games. And you guys pick everything no, he does. No, he's apart. in the league 19 games. He's 11-8. and eight. Oh, No, he's not 11-8 and eight because there's part of those games he didn't play. And you can he started 12 play. games last year, and he started seven games this year. Okay, so he's 11-8. and eight. He's got a winning record. And okay, he, let office, me ask you something. something. You he, know everything about you – know, you know anything about football. Everybody knows the offense starts with the offensive line. Let me ask you something. You say okay. he's got a winning record, okay? Which is right. fine. Sure. Great. Do you draft a first-round quarterback who is the first one off the board? The first one. Not just a first-round quarterback. The first quarterback in the draft that year. And right. the threshold for you is, because it's not for me, and maybe this is just where you and I differ, the threshold for me isn't he's got a winning record. Like, that's, no, that's not, not good enough. Good. No, no, you're absolutely right. It's and he not does not have a 300-yard game. You're absolutely right. I'm again. I I don't disagree with with all that. What I disagree with is everybody picks apart the bad things he does. Every there's not a Colin. You watch every game. Did you watch the Monday night game? Sure did. Okay. Did you see? Everybody thinks Garoppolo's this great quarterback. Did you see how bad he overthrew the uh, what's his name in the fourth quarter? He overthrew him. The kid didn't have anybody within 15 yards. He overthrew him by 15 yards. I don't know if everybody thinks Jimmy Garoppolo is a great quarterback, though. uh, Well, they talk about him being a winner, and he's 43 and 20 in his career. uh, Okay, but that's that's my exact point. Did you see the pass he threw to watch? He overthrew him by 10. Listen, though, but here's the the thing, and I think maybe, again, this is something that needs to be pointed out. Jimmy Garoppolo had a 13-3 season, if I'm not mistaken, with San Francisco. Look at the talent he had around him, Colin. Okay. Uh, Look, we could go around and run. Why is it not okay to ask the quarterback who's a first-round quarterback, who was the first one uh, off the board, to be the best player on the field one time? I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. What I'm dis—it's the same thing with Najee Harris. Oh, I, I would never have taken him. Everybody rips the kid apart. He had a great first year. He had a decent last year, and he didn't play. That offensive line blows. Excuse me. And you can't have a running game. You can't be consistent without a consistent offensive line. That's all I'm saying. So then, when when can we judge? So we can't judge anybody on the offense. No, you can judge everybody. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying every time Pickett does something wrong, everybody's picking it apart. They're not. I haven't heard anybody talk about the pass he threw. And again, here's what I'm saying: the first pass to Johnson of the game that could have been two or three inches lower. But if that's caught by Johnson, it could be a leadoff touchdown, and it's a completely different ball game. So it happens to everybody. My point is, you watch football. You're you're a knowledgeable sports person. Mm-hmm. 
So you watch football every Sunday. Every Sunday, every game, a quarterback misses a wide-open receiver. He, he throws to a receiver that wasn't open, but there was two wide. It's easy to watch the game from up above. Okay, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not defending Pickett in that point. Yes, he's got to be better. I'm just saying, give the kid a break every once in a while. He doesn't have the best talent around him. These people that compare his start to Roethlisberger's. Look at the team, Roethlisberger. Well, I, look, I, I appreciate where you're coming from. It's just, when do then when do we get to be critical? You know, then what? Is it next year at this time? Is it the following year? Is it after he signs a 50-year option? Like, like when? It's the most important position in all of sports. Not just in football. In all of sports. It's good talk, though. We'll keep it going. I'm here till 1030 on the fan. Is Aroldis Chapman trying to fight somebody in the dugout, or are they just grabbing him? What in the hell is happening in the World Series? By the way, I hope it's really cold. That could be... I, you know, I don't know, though. Could that be to the Steelers' advantage? Is that is that, is that that a thing anymore unless you're really like a Florida team or unless you're an L.A. team? I don't, I don't really know. Uh, but anyway, tomorrow night down at the old ball yard, the football yard, uh, the Steelers play. And by the way, we'll be down at the casino. Zeiss and I can't, 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 can't wait for that. Uh, we'll be there at about 5. I believe the PM team is there, too. I don't know that for sure. Just come down to the casino. Be there all day. But we, we'll be there, Zeiss and I, from 5 until uh, right there at kickoff. So stop by and uh, say hello. We're right there by the roulette tables, which I love. That's my favorite table game. I really like roulette a lot. I could stand there and play for hours, and sometimes I do. Um, so it's a lot of fun. But we'll be right there, and we'll be broadcasting uh, pre-game and have a uh, have a wonderful time. Sean's in Westview. Hey, Sean, what's up? I'm here another uh, 10 minutes. Let's chat for a little. Hey, I was going to talk about George Pickens and how I agree with you, but that last caller, uh, I said disagree a lot with him. He uh, Going on to Kenny Pickett, we should be critical of him. I mean, he has the most important job. If you're messing that up, if we're only getting one good quarter out of him, we should be critical of him. He's messing up a lot. I mean, whether in like coming to Ben when he was playing, I mean, he would fight coordinators. If it comes down to your job or the coordinator's job, you should be playing for your job, not trying to appease the coordinator. Yeah, like I don't, I don't go out of my way, Sean, to knock Kenny Pickett, and I, I don't. But if we can't be critical and we can't judge him – when measured against everybody else, every other quarterback in the NFL, then what do we really have? And it comes down to this. You know, he's made a couple good throws, and he did against Baltimore. That's for sure. No question about that, and that caller's right. He made a great throw against Baltimore. But he also had to make that throw because they played deplorable for three quarters. But what it really comes down to is this, and I, I mean this. I mean this with all my heart. If Kenny Pickett went to San Jose State – there would be far fewer people defending him in this town. There, there, and I'm a guy that love. I, I love Pitt football. I, I rooted for Pitt football my whole life. But if he went to San Jose State, or if he went to UNLV, or if he went to Wyoming, or if he went to Rice, or if he went to Middle Tennessee State, or if he went to any other school pretty much that was kind of like out of sight, out of mind, Fresno, like the Carr brothers, if he did that, 
he would not get the leeway that he gets from some fans. Luke's in Slippery Rock. Luke, I have a friend that I know, and she put on social media a picture from Slippery Rock, PA, last night, and there was, like, measurable snow on the ground up there. Yeah, we got a lot of snow up here. Jeez, already? You ready for that or what? Uh, I ain't ready for that at all. It's pain in the ass. There we go. All right, keep it clean. Let's go. Oh, my bad. Yeah, I just want to talk about Kenny Pickett. Uh, One thing I noticed about him is every time he gets the ball, he just starts running away. Like, he snaps the ball, the line will come back a little bit, and he starts running. He needs to quit doing that and stay in the pocket. He has no pocket presence. No pocket presence. You know, I would agree. It's one of his flaws. I was, you know, I got to be honest with Luke and Slippery Rock. His Yinzer accent was so deep, I was wondering if it was, if there was a joke coming. So that's what was kind of quick to get rid of his call. He either has an incredible Yinzer accent, or I beat him to the punch on a joke that he was trying to play. I'm watching all this Bobby Knight stuff, by the way. Forget Pickett, forget Pickens. I'm kind of not fed up with it. I'm just tired of talking in circles about it. And we'll have plenty to talk to or talk about tomorrow in the pregame. But there's all this Bobby Knight stuff, right? And immediately, ESPN2, they've they've dug up everything. ESPN2 is on this other channel. And they're showing all these pictures of of him and Coach K at West Point. They're showing Bobby Knight throwing the chair. They're showing Bobby Knight and Isaiah Thomas. They're showing Bobby Knight and Steve Alford. I think they end up hating each other, right, and all that kind of stuff. So they're showing all this stuff, and it's always a quandary whenever someone dies and they achieved great things, but they were also a grade-A jack wagon, right? And that's where we are. Like, they achieved wonderful things, but they also had they also had non-erasable stains in their life. And that's where Bobby Knight is. So, do you just push forward, full bore, full throttle, and celebrate the positive and just, you just ignore the negative? And it's tough. And then you come across as, are you telling the whole story? Do you just uh, allude a little bit to it? I don't know. Like, it looks like to me that ESPN right now is going full on, full steam ahead with Bobby Knight was one of the greatest people in basketball history and don't let this, don't let his death be sullied by anything else. We're just going forward. But, you know, the other part too, like he was a really great, uh, motivator. He was really tough. There's kind of two ways to look at it. I don't know where I come down on it. And they're showing the Jeremy Schapp interview when he goes, you're not your father. Uh, Jeremy goes, yeah, I know. Thanks. So anyway, there's two ways to come down on it. When he punches the scorer's table, and then he also throws that chair across the, uh, across the floor in the Purdue game. Is he a total jerk for doing that? Or do we do we laugh too much? Do we see that as something to celebrate? I don't know. It's like his calling card, though. Like he throws the chair, and the game was eleven to six at that point. It was five minutes into the game, and he's already that out of his mind. And he grabs players, and then they show you know that whole Dane Fife situation from the practice where he grabbed them by the neck, way totally over the line. But so anyway, that's where we are. Whenever this Bobby Knight thing, 
Should we be celebrating him throwing the chair? It has become a funny moment. It really has. And punching the scores table, and in the background you could see CM Newton sitting there and all these other people, um, and it's like a very important moment, and he punches the scores table. And I, I wrestle with this, honestly, as somebody who talks into a microphone. Should we celebrate that kind of stuff? Like, case in point, Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins, great basketball coach. And all this will happen, like, it, it, you, you think about when you talk about Bob Huggins, if you do it in the same vein or not. Bob Huggins was just at West Virginia the other night for their exhibition game. And people took pictures of him and saw him walking down. Uh, he'd lost a lot of weight. He's walking down the steps, and he was at the uh, Coliseum, I guess. And I saw some stuff on social media. And there were some comments. This is a great parallel. And I saw some comments, and people were saying, hey, there's Coach. I hope he's doing great. It's great to see him back. And then, like, the third comment was from somebody. It said, why would it be great to see him back? He's a drunk that caused us a bunch of embarrassment nationally. And that's what people – that was what one of the comments said. And then – Somebody fired right back on social media and said, why would you say something so negative about somebody that's trying to, um, about somebody that's trying to get their life together? And then it like went back and forth like a ping pong match. And the other person came back and said, but that doesn't mean they didn't do the things that they did. Right? So it is such a delicate balance. Nobody leads. Nobody leads a perfect life. Like Mother Teresa, maybe. But she didn't coach basketball. Football, maybe. I wonder if she could be the offensive coordinator of the Steelers. I digress. Back to night. In looking at night, it is tough. It's going to be interesting. And this is the thing. Some of them are probably already out, but I'll wait until tomorrow because I'm tired and I want to get to bed and I got to get up early anyway. It's going to be interesting to see what the obituaries are and how he's framed. I would pay attention to the Indianapolis Star and see how that's framed. That'll be interesting to see. I would pay attention to USA Today because I bet they take him apart. Or they might even have a separate column that says, don't celebrate this guy. That'll be an interesting one to see. I would pay attention to the New York Times because I bet they write their own and don't pick up the Associated Press. And then I would pay attention to the Associated Press's obituary and how they frame Bobby Knight. But the Indianapolis star one is going to be real interesting because he was fired by IU. Like, for all the stuff that people are calling him this hero, this great basketball coach, this person that transformed Indiana basketball, this cult-like hero, he was all of that. He was also, like Huggins, a person that got fired by that team. So, man, I kind of can't wait because I know they probably have write-throughs and different things. I would pull it up right now, but again, I'm tired and I want to get home and go to sleep. But that's the first thing I'm going to look at tomorrow morning is the Indy Stars obituary on Bob uh, Bob Huggins, pardon me, on Bobby Knight and see exactly how they frame him and how they play him. Because they have to, one would think, include a bunch of things that don't necessarily paint him well. 
Anyway, we'll be at the casino tomorrow. Me, Zeiss, starting at 5 o'clock. Stop down and see us on your way to the football game. If not, just listen. It'll be great, and then I'll be back here in studio Friday. It's been great. We'll talk soon.